Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. First they came for the Muslims and Jews, and I said, I'm with them, even though I wasn't a Muslim or a Jew. This is Sojourner's Magazine editor Rosemarie Berger's riff on Pastor Niemöller and Matthew 25. She continues, then they came for the immigrants, and I said, I'm with them, even though I wasn't an immigrant. Then they came for the Black Lives Matter activists and the LGBTQ folks, and even though I was white and straight, I said, I'm with them. When they came for the hungry and for those who hunger for change and hunger for righteousness, I said, I'm with them. I'm with the thirsty and the thirsty earth gasping for rain. I'm with the stranger, the refugee, all those who scale walls for freedom. I'm with the naked, those stripped of human dignity, those without decent work, without the cloth of human compassion. I'm with the sick, the disabled, the addicted, the addled, all those who depend on the kindness of strangers. I'm with the prisoners, the journalists, the detained, the deported, and the deplorables. When they came for those, I said, I'm with them. I am with them. I'm with us. Out on Cape Cod, during a huge winter storm, our friend Melinda lost her house. She had already moved it, perhaps she'd even moved it twice, and it sat hard against the road on a narrow strip of land, teetering on the edge of eroding, crumbling dunes that just gave way one night. She wasn't home, no one was hurt. She says actually that it was worth it. This wager with nature and a climate in crisis, worth it just to have lived so close to the tides and the changing of the seasons. Her lack of bitterness astonishes me. She salvaged what she could and moved to a less exposed but also magnificent spot. And at the top of the dune where her old house had stood, she built a wooden platform, kind of an elegant lean-to covered with sailcloth, where she loves to come and sit in all kinds of weather and watch that same frame of ocean washing up on a beach where she played with her children and now plays with her grandchildren. One summer afternoon, she was sitting on her platform, gazing down peacefully at the beach, teeming with people as far as the eye could see, and out to the vast view, when on the horizon she spotted what she was quite sure were two huge fins moving along the surface of the water. What if it's nothing, she thought. What if it's just some gentle minky whales? But then again, what if it's great white sharks? She dialed 911, 
And even as she was describing to the dispatcher what she thought she was seeing, the dispatcher was alerting the lifeguards who were frantically, frantically whistling people out of the water. From her perch, she watched in amazement as the water emptied of people who ran up the beach, some carrying children and others helping elders. Sure enough, those fins belonged to great whites, one of them well known to shark researchers, hungry, great whites. It would have been so easy not to make the call, to feel stupid or alarmist and so shake off the feeling that it just might be sharks. It would have been so easy to make someone else make the call. But the what if got to her. I told Melinda, you're a hero. Not a hero, she says. But if I were in the water with my grandbabies, I'd be glad and grateful if someone cared enough to call the police, even if it was a false alarm. Those beautiful lines from African-American poet Gwendolyn Brooks are sounding in my ears. We are each other's business. We are each other's harvest. We are each other's magnitude and bond. Wallace Stegner's Crossing to Safety tells the story of an unlikely friendship between two couples, Larry and Sally Morgan and Sid and Charity Lang. The men are young English professors. The setting is the Depression, World War II, and the tumultuous years afterwards. The Morgans are all but poor. The Langs are wealthy, well-connected, and generous. Larry Morgan says, I have heard of people's lives being changed by a dramatic or traumatic event, a death, a divorce, a winning lottery ticket, a failed exam. I never heard of anybody's life but ours being changed by a dinner party. In 1938, we straggled into Madison, Wisconsin, Western orphans, and the Langs adopted us into their numerous, rich, powerful, reassuring tribe. We wandered into their orderly Newtonian universe, a couple of asteroids, and they captured us with their gravitational pull and made moons of us and fixed us in orbit around themselves. What the disorderly crave above everything is order. What the dislocated aspire to is location. I lost my security, Sally never had any. Both of us were particularly susceptible to friendship. When the Langs opened their hearts and house to us, we crept gratefully in. Crept? Rushed. Coming from meagerness and low expectations, we felt their friendship as freezing travelers feel a dry room and a fire crowded in, rubbing our hands with satisfaction, and were never the same thereafter. And we thought better of ourselves and better of the world. The kindness of welcoming the stranger, extending an invitation to dinner, making connections and nourishing roots for those who have less. How simple. How profound. We are each other's business. 
We are each other's harvest. We are each other's magnitude and bond. Fourteen years ago, I dedicated a baby here named Lewis. We've known and loved each other ever since he tried to eat the white rose with which I touched his forehead in blessing. Last Sunday afternoon, I memorialized his godmother, dead of a sudden heart attack. He was bereft, and I was bereft, seeing him in a suit, suddenly grown up with this loss, and grave and silent. We sat together here behind the high pulpit as Schwinn played the prelude on organ and hundreds of grieving guests flooded into the sanctuary to pay their respects. And just as I was musing, as I so often do, how do we bear it, losing those we love? How is it that we go on? Just then, Lewis reached over and took my hand and interlaced his fingers with mine. Fourteen years old. And we just sat there, sat here, holding hands. And I knew the answer to my questions. We are each other's business. We are each other's harvest. We are each other's magnitude and bond. These beautiful words are from Rabbi Rami Shapiro. We are loved by an unending love. We are embraced by arms that find us even when we are hidden from ourselves. We are touched by fingers that soothe us even when we are too proud for soothing. We are counseled by voices that guide us even when we are too embittered to hear. We are loved by an unending love. We are supported by hands that uplift us even in the midst of a fall. We are urged on by eyes that meet us even when we are too weak for meeting. We are loved by an unending love, embraced, touched, soothed, counseled. Ours are the arms, the fingers, the voices. Ours are the hands, the eyes, the smiles. We are loved by an unending love. Beloved spiritual companions, may we remember that we are all, always, dependent on the kindness of strangers. Let us be for them, and so be for ourselves. When we think we see fins in the water, let us not avert our eyes. Call for help. There is not one among us who is not particularly susceptible to friendship. Let us befriend and be friends. 
and so think better of ourselves and the world. How is it that we go on? Let us take hands, hold each other's hands, and so remember. We are each other's. We are loved by an unending love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.